to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner and receive him as you would receive me. If you if he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of you owing me even your own self.
temptation that he's going to lead to. He's going to be released to. And he will be able to see for himself the outcome of this letter. And he says, for I hope that through your prayers, I will be restored to you. I hope that through your plural, your prayers, as you write this letter, not only to Philemon, but to the church, that meets in Philemon home. He wants to be restored so that he can go and have this experience and community with them. There's an assumption, even through this letter, even though it's focused on Philemon, that the whole church is reading this at this time. And we've said this before, and I've said this before. Imagine having a personal letter written to you that's read out to everybody. That's what's happening to Philemon. And Paul wants to be restored. This is the root of grace. So come up with saying, I hope that through your prayers, I will be able to be given to you. And it's all of this, all of this is in God's hands. Every ounce of it. And Paul is hoping and resting in God's hands that God will graciously restore Paul to this community as he has given and given to him.
from Spurgeon's book, uh, The Power in Prayer. It's a great little book that's talking about prayer. He put it this way. When the Creator gives His creatures the power of thirst, it is because water exists to meet its thirst. When He creates hunger, there is food to correspond to the appetite. Even so, when He inclines men to pray, it is because prayer has a corresponding blessing connected with it. It continues on and he says, we find a powerful reason for expecting prayer to be effective in the fact that it is an institution of God. In God's word, we are over and over again commanded to pray. God's institutions are not folly. Can I believe that the infinite wise God has ordained for me an exercise that is ineffective? And is so no more than child's play? Does he tell me to pray? And yet does prayer have no more of a result than if I whistled to the wind or sang to the groves of trees? If there is no answer to prayer, prayer is a monstrous absurdity. And God is the author of it. This is blasphemy. Ephesus 
in Colossians verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 12, as, as one who is with you, a servant of Jesus Christ, he greets you. He's always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, he's described as. Which means we would call that a prayer warrior. He's always praying on behalf of the church that he loves. That you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. It was Agrippus that first shared the gospel with the Colossians and was the person that told good things about that church to, in Colossae to Paul. So what do we know about him? We know that he was from Colossae, that he was a servant or a slave of Jesus Christ, meaning that everything in him, every part of his ball, his body, his, his, his soul, his entity, everything was all about Jesus Christ. He was a fellow prisoner with different word that Paul uses to describe himself, but he too is in prison for the same reason that Paul is, for the proclamation of the gospel. And the gospel has so transformed his life that his status, his identity was founded in Christ. And then we're introduced to another guy named Mark in verse 24. And we've seen Mark before. He is the author of the gospel of Mark, as far as we know. And the relationship an argument between Paul and Barnabas in Acts about John Mark that eventually split them. Barnabas was on the side of John Mark. Hey, give, give Mark another chance, he says. And Paul's like, nah. I'm more like Paul Barnabas. And so there was this tension that split that up in the relationship around issues that we don't quite know about. But here we see
instead of breaking it. We really need each other in this walk. And, and because the reconciliation we have with God through Christ, we can also have reconciliation to one another. The account of Demos isn't the last word. And it's also a reminder that there's no faith in it until you make it in the kingdom of God. The true colors will come through at some point. And then we interact with Luke. Jesus did when he died on the cross and rose again. God created 
saw that picture in baptism. That Michaela was put under the water and she was brought up again. It was a symbol of a, a new life. The old is gone, the new has come. He creates a new people out of those who were once estranged, but are now, are now reconciled together and brought into a new family. And God has called Paul and Philemon into community, not just into a personal religious experience, but into a community. And God saves a people, and a church is a body of believers. But just like any relationship, that new family relationship can't grow and be strong if it's not nourished. Imagine if you uh, saw someone that you really liked, you really hit it off really well, and you never talked to them ever again. How, how well do you think that relationship would go? It probably would shrivel up and die very quickly. Just as Christians, we need to spend time together. We need to pray for one another. We need to show that we care for one another. We need to seek the Lord's blessing on one another. But here's the point. As Christians seek to live out their union with Christ, we can pray that our relationships will show the same reconciliation that we have with Christ. And I pray that our relationships with one another will be characterized by the same reconciliation we have in Christ. It's huge when we think about how we interact with each other. If you've got a chip on your shoulder all the time because someone hurt your feelings, or you've been sinned against you, and you're just holding on to that like it's your job, Transformed both of these people 
Philemon and Onesimus. Do not look over the fact that one was a slave and one was a master. And God reconciles even that. And this letter is an amazing display of the transforming power of the gospel. And God's grace towards us lets us understand that Jesus paid the penalty for our sins. And because of that, the Holy Spirit supplies all that is needed to live changed lives. And because of the grace of God, we can live lives of reconciliation and peace. And we can have unity with one another and serve each other. There's a prayer that I pray all the time. And uh, there's a list of prayers that were given by uh, Leading Man Ministries. And for all, I pray for myself and I pray for you. It says this, Father, you are one God in three persons. There is such love, compassion, unity in the Trinity. Make this church, make me to feel this happiness. Cause us to be united with him and through the Trinity so that we might be together, united together as a church in power. This all comes out of how God strengthens us in the gospel and draws us deeper into the glory of Christ. And as we grow in the gospel and we walk in a manner worthy of it, this is the natural outflow of the grace of God in each of our lives. The gospel transforms lives and it brings the people together. It brings simple people from different backgrounds. If, if, if that be geographies, if that be generational, like look around one day in this room, if it be ethnicity or social economical situations, whatever it may be, political views, Whatever it may be, God brings us together. And what the gospel does is it takes selfish people and causes them to love one another. Because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we can have unity amid diversity. And because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we can love those with whom we have nothing in common with but the gospel. But here's the problem. We know if we read the Bible that that's not only because there's a
we continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, is as Christians seek to live out their union with Christ, we can pray that our relationships will show the same reconciliation that we have with Christ. Well, after the service, hopefully,